You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, joined today by Guy Cortan. Guy, how are you? Matt, how's it going? I'm well. Feels like it was just 10 minutes ago we Yeah, were no, we just seem to speak all the time. I know. Uh, but it's not just us today. No. Thank goodness. Thank God. Wow. Our listeners are actually pretty excited They're about screaming our next guest. For variety. Have you guys been alone all day? We have been. We've been <laughs> stuck in this pseudo booth all day just trying to grovel for That's stuff. That's great. I'm glad, I could, glad right. I could partake at the end of the day. So uh, the other voice that you hear on the show is Eric Kaiser, CEO of Orderful. Tell us a little about yourself, Eric. Yeah. Fortunately, I've been kind of pigeonholed and, and also unfortunately in the EDI space for the last 10 years. I would consider myself to be an EDI expert, B2B trading expert, worked with a lot of Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies to trade EDI data and B2B data with third-party systems and trading partners. Recently, I started Orderful. We started in 2016, and we are a, a hub for EDI trading. Companies can connect to us once and transact with the world. So you're helping connect these businesses with suppliers, helping to take some of that friction out in the time and process of having those communications there. Yeah, mostly we work with suppliers. A lot of our business is direct with suppliers. And um, when we work with suppliers, they're automating orders from all their buyers. And the specific challenge that those suppliers face is kind of twofold. Suppliers can't build software. They have a really, really hard time coding, building software, writing custom logic. And then secondly, the other problem is, is really the ecosystem of EDI and the ecosystem of buyers and suppliers trading data. All those companies have to build custom point-to-point integrations. And what that means is when a supplier connects with a buyer, they have to follow the buyer's unique requirement. And that forces the supplier to build custom software for each one of those relationships. Yeah, and it's not just one or two relationships. No, it, it sort of multiplies. Eric, talk to us about, I mean, again, I, EDI has been around forever. It's been, we know that. 30 years. 30 years. But just to take a step back again, ex- explain to our audience again, you know, what is EDI? When did it come up? And, you know, why has it still been around for 30 years? Why haven't we found a better way of doing what EDI is supposed to do? EDI started, the history of it started in the military. And the government was using it to send data transactions over telephone wire for World War II. So it kind of started as a foundational communication method for the military. And then Walmart actually adopted it a little over 30 years ago and forced all of their suppliers to enable EDI data because Walmart was sick and tired of placing phone calls to all of their suppliers. And because it's Walmart. So and because it's Walmart. They can do what they want. They do whatever the hell they want. But yet here we are today. People still have to make a lot of calls. Yeah. They shoot. Somehow it seems the only people that still have fax machines are in the supply chain sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of companies, you know, today, the reason why it's still around, I think there's a few reasons. First, nobody's really been incentivized to change the way that companies trade EDI data. Consulting firms, if you're working as a consultant, you're making really, really good money supporting EDI integrations because there's always customization, there's always work. It basically feeds you. So to try to build a system that replaces all the customization that you can manage and generate revenue from would be kind of silly. I was faced with that dilemma. In 2013, I started a consulting firm. I was 25, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. But I realized that there's a huge need for consultants to service EDI environments in the United States. And that's how I got into creating Orderful, is I have a deep empathy for the problem that 
the suppliers face by building all the custom software. So do you think, you know, for that point, do you think one of the problems we have with EDI is because the promise of it was, hey, this is a simple point-to-point communication method, easy peasy, just, you know, send stuff back and forth. But the reality is, like we've seen a lot of other systems, is that the customization all of a sudden now adds obviously complexity. It adds issues where it's not just like I have one supplier, I have 10, 15, right. 20, 100, 1,000 multiplies, yeah. and all of a sudden now those are all customized themselves. So what's the tipping point? Like where are we going where all of a sudden some of these suppliers are saying enough? You know, I can't maintain all this. The customization is getting in the way. The communication is getting away. It's not clean. Are we at that tipping point? Are we? Have we passed it? Where do you see that? I think we're there. I think... With modern technology like APIs and, and like the solution we have with Orderful, we can kind of create the change. I think that ability to modernize EDI wasn't there five years ago. So I think we're there. I think you know the natural progression for companies too is it starts out as a you know as a manual process where companies are actually just king order data in, maybe king invoice data in. And then it transitions into, you know, from, like you said, from one to two trading partners to 10 to 15. And companies need to automate because then you have three or four different transactions. And really, you end up having about 50 unique relationships to actually manage, which becomes way too much for a company to to key in. So they integrate. And then companies adopt all these archaic standards. um, And they must continue to trade the same way. They build the software 15, 20 years ago that's still running their EDI system. I mean, they haven't had a chance to modernize it because really there hasn't been a big shift in the technology over the last 20 years. The best way to trade has been with flat files or XML over FTP or VAN or AS2. But now with with APIs, companies can connect and and trade that way. You know, we've heard the same thing with like uh, aircraft control, right? The systems are built on like Cobalt software and the stuff's terrible and all this, but it's obviously impossible to take down air control systems and upgrade them, right? Because we know it takes for a long time. It doesn't matter. Even if it took five minutes, we can't turn off, you know. Do you think that's the same thing with EDI where, where this stuff is so entrenched that these companies, these supply chains can't say, hey, let's just stop for a second. Let's take the EDI out and let's put something else in. Is that too hard or is there an opportunity for them to say, let's do a slow rollout and change some connectivities? And So our customers aren't all big bang. Yeah. A lot of them do roll out. EDI implementations, and we'll do groups of trading partners at a time or, or hit a specific vertical at a time, whether it's retail, transportation, or, or their 3PL, or their warehousing. But you know, now with the API, companies can actually connect once and not have to build a lot of different custom software. So I think as far as like what's the motivating factor for the change, like what's making these companies want to change, there's a few things. When a company switches an ERP system or they switch a, a system of record, they need to look at another EDI service. That's one. Another factor for change is, is personnel. You know, they have these 20-year-old, 30-year-old systems that are still in place, maybe running in COBOL or AS400, RPG, whatever it is, that are basically running the lifeblood of their business. And these systems can't be supported by modern technology can be supported by modern employees and they're losing these people because they're retiring right because it's unsustainable and really the people that are now coming into the workforce to take them back two or three generations of software just seems so backwards right Uh, at a certain point it's evolve or die does edi at one point die what's your vision for what comes next 
Yeah, so where, where we're at is we're, we know that we can't make a big shift. We know that we can't like make the whole world change overnight. But the way we're approaching it is we have all of our API and our, our web app and our documentation is all self-service. So we're the only self-service EI provider on the internet where you can come find orderful docs, find our pricing, log into the website, start trading, and connect and, and actually send and receive X12 data with third parties. That's what's unique about us. Kind of the big picture of the vision is if we can get both sides of the supply chain, the suppliers and the buyers to connect to our API, and we can incentivize them to do that for lower cost, for a real-time data, for real-time validation, a lot of benefits actually transact through a hub. I mean, if we can get both sides, then we can eliminate the need for companies to trade these physical X12 files. Uh, don't want to go away from the business of it, and uh, just curious, because you're obviously not your typical supply chain professional. I mean, you're pretty young for the audience that we tend to work with a lot of times. And there's so many interesting old. software <laughs> places to come from, right? You feel old. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> but why this? Why this particular challenge? What was it about this that got you really engaged in, into the yeah, man, every, this part of supply chain? Every company in the world that has a supply chain has this problem. And solving the problem with custom code and actually being on site, working with these customers, realizing the pain they feel and, and see was incredibly motivating to, to change it, to actually write something different, to create a change, to, to make a difference. I think that this is, you know, this is something that, that can actually change the way that these companies operate. One more question from me, Eric. You, know, you, you talk about some of the industries you're looking at. Is there any particular industry you see as more advanced in terms of, of trying to get off of this? Is it retail? Is it manufacturing? Is it pharmaceutical? Or are they all sort of lumped together at all? It depends on who within that industry. Yeah, I think, I mean, everybody's, everybody wants to trade. I don't think anybody wants to get off of EDI, quote unquote, but people want to do it better because you have all this archaic software on-premise you have to manage. So whether it's healthcare, supply chain, like retail, food and beverage, insurance, all those industries want a better way to trade data. I think every company in the world is looking for better ways to manage your data, to, to run analytics, to run insights, to get information from their supply chain data. EDI actually is a very rich source of information, and a lot of companies don't leverage it for reporting or analytics or decision-making. So I think a lot of companies now are looking at ways to use it for, for supply chain efficiencies. You know, everybody has to compete with the Amazon world who's forcing two-day delivery and, and immediate feedback. EDI and, and electronic trading is, is certainly a way to do that. Excellent. So where can our listeners find out more about you? Yeah, you can uh, find more about me and about the company at orderful.com. You can send me an email at eric at orderful.com and I'd happily respond. Cool. And they got cool t-shirts. They do have we cool t-shirts. Great t-shirts. Great t-shirts. <laughs> so I think Matt and I are both large. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I got you guys. <laughs> All right, and that has been an episode of Supply Chain Radio. Eric Kaiser, thanks for joining us. And as always, Guy, it's been a pleasure. Matt, as always, a pleasure. Eric, thanks for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Matt and Guy, thank you. All right. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast network. Thanks for listening.